This week on Not Sauce for Work, Terry Tam is off, and I'm joined by Hot Sauce Sports beat writer Matt McKenzie. Meanwhile, Eagle is banished back to his nest. On today's show, we discuss the short-sightedness of NBA Twitter, the NFL Draft, and we remember how we all discovered Laramie Tunsil. We also look at the rivalry between Charles Barkley and Kevin Durant. We'll get into this and all this and more on this episode of Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Welcome everyone, you're listening to it, perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports, I'm Pease Del Riz, and it is not a cold open unless I make a mistake reading my own writing. Uh, joining me this week in lieu of Terry Tam is Matt McKenzie. Matt, how's it going? Hey, nothing bad. Yourself? Good, good, good. I um, I think this is the first time we've spoken with voices and not just through text. If I'm yep, I think you're right. Awesome. I think you're right. Awesome. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm, I'm oh, happy to have you fill in. Here. Um, Matt, you, you write a weekly article for us. You, uh, you cover the Montreal, Imp- well, not Montreal, in fact, my mistake, CF Montreal. Uh, the one week you were away, I couldn't cover, uh, the game, but I was there. I was okay. at the Biodome with my nephew <laughs> because okay. I had to, I had to adult that weekend. Um, <laughs> how, how has it been for you? And, and uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on CF Montreal, uh, so far this season? Well, CF Montreal did not start well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll just start with that. They uh, they opened the season with three straight losses, the third of which being a 4-1 four, four loss, which was really tough. And then just when you thought it couldn't get worse, they were up 3-1 in Atlanta, a place where they've never won before. Atlanta got a red card and somehow scored twice to draw the game. So yeah. basically, where basically the full the season could have been folded right there and then, but they have turned it around now. And they they before the draw against the uh, the Union last week, they rattled off three wins in a row, which has them back into a playoff spot. Maybe a bit early there to talk about playoffs, but uh, they've been able to right the ship at least. Yeah, um, I, uh, I it's good to see. Obviously, it's a it's a fun environment. Like for those who have not yet checked out the CF Montreal uh, slash Impact. I'm going to call him Impact for the rest of the time. It's just, I'm an oh, old person and that's you what we do. I struggle. <laughs> I write Impact in the article at least once a week. Yeah. And then I have to go back and change it. Uh, for those who also haven't checked it out, do check out Mackenzie Rants. It is awesome. Uh, it is how I like to start my week, no joke. Uh, Matt, there's been some wild stuff going on um, in the world outside of sports. I don't even know if I can get all these things to touch each other, but uh, we'll see if we can Venn diagram it. Uh, it. The, the thing that's been driving the internet absolutely wild has been the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Oh. And so I'm 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 one third lawyer. By that I mean I wrote the LSATs. Okay. Um and, and chose You're more not, qualified than me then. So there we there go. go. I, I chose not to go to law school. <laughs> uh, but I did write so I'm 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 um I'm Italian Montreal born, but I'm also one third lawyer unfortunately. Um <laughs> The defense for Amber Heard in this libel lawsuit is incompetent. <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest dude, thing I've ever dude. seen. Well, when, when he asked when he asked the question uh, about uh, about uh, Johnny injuring his finger, I think it was, mm-hmm. and then the doctor starts to answer, and then he objects the like the, the answer, like. Uh, 
So any like, eagle, you, you objected your own question. Like, well, eagles, eagles' uh, response to that was that he he's objecting to the the answer being hearsay. Yeah, so it it would be like if I were to ask Peas, like, "Hey, Peas, the graphite duke have a gigantic dick," and you're like. Well, I've heard he does. I've heard he does. Well, you can't confirm it, right? Well, but, you only but, like but, heard I, the rumor so, but, of it. But here's the thing. So, and I didn't answer in the chat because I wouldn't answer it here. It's like, but if you're the lawyer, how else could he answer the question? Exactly. He wasn't at the house when it happened. But, so, and then, and then what makes it even better is is the doctor's reaction where he's like, "But, but it was your, it was your question." Like it, <laughs> it just makes it even better. He's just so confused and like doesn't know what's going on. I I don't want to pick sides in this because I'm not. Uh, like the doctor, I'm not in the room. It just looks like a terrible relationship. The key is, if you and your wife are secretly recording each other to entrap each other for a lawsuit, maybe this isn't a healthy relationship. Yeah. I mean, I guess at the very least, Amber Heard didn't get served uh, divorce lawyers at Comic-Con. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like uh, Olivia Wilde got served by Jason Sudeikis. All, all of the good he earned by being Ted Lasso... God, <laughs> we no longer I mean, think of them as a fun-loving coach. I'm, I'm sure there are more embarrassing things to happen to you in life, but mm -hmm. I, I can't think of any right now. Like that yeah. would just be so brutal. Just put yourself in her shoes. There, just like, how do you react? Like, just try to laugh she, it off. Like, so she handled it pretty well, considering. Yeah, it's true. So I do. Have I don't a, think. I, I don't think I would have handled it like that. I do have a hypothetical here. What if she was dipping so hard and ghosting him that they literally didn't know where it's, she was going to be it or is where that, her though. people are? It's so it's so, so celebrities just, are notoriously they knew she had an engagement at this spot and we're like we're going to fucking get her. Celebrities are notoriously hard to <laughs> find in public, right? Like they're they're part of their life, part of their livelihood is how to disappear from public sight. And so in, So we need Gawker stalker back is what you're saying. Well, yeah, well <laughs> Thanks to Hulk Hogan, we no longer have Gawker. Um, instead, <laughs> instead, we have divorce uh, proceedings being served on stage at Comic-Con. That's the most 2022 sentence I think I've ever said. Oh, I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought, I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty wild. And, uh, of yeah. course, we're all reading about this uh, by the good graces of uh, billionaire Elon Musk, who allows us to still use Twitter. I don't yep. understand how he became a champion of causes when it's just a billionaire buys a tech company. It's the weirdest thing to me. I think that's pretty 2022. If you want to keep on on that narrative, yeah. Like he, he, I, he, I feel like he just acquired something huge, but it's like he's a hero for it. it it's and then like and then you you see these these like you know memes and whatever, and most of them probably created by bots anyway. But like one of them saying, uh, you know, well, no one had a problem with Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post. I'm like, yeah. A lot of people did. It's a <laughs> yep. billionaire buying a news outlet. Yep. Everyone has an issue with that, you know. So, um, definitely, definitely something that, like you said, like it, it sticks with that. This is twenty twenty two, right? And then, like the thing, the thing with that, it's just like I don't think Twitter could get any worse. So let's just try it yeah. under the Elon Musk air. Let's go. At least there's that, and we're gonna get into how Twitter can get worse. But I think before we do that, it's time to queue up the news. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Um, <laughs> where I want to start today, uh, Matt, is I'm a big NBA fan. Um, the NBA playoffs are here. Uh, I So 
I was watching the Heat game, and as I'm watching the Heat game, I'm doom, I'm doom scrolling through Twitter, and I realized I hate NBA Twitter. It's the worst. People are the worst. Like the same people that were championing how great Trey Young was in the Atlanta Hawks unprecedented run to the conference finals last year, tr- saying, "Well, you know, Miami didn't beat anybody; they just beat Trey Young." And I was just like, "Wait a second, what?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's not surprising that they won pretty handily. They're the one seed. They yeah. beat the eight seed. Yeah, there were players missing Atlanta. That's why they're the eight seed. This is, you know, like credit where credit's due. They 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 defended Trey Trey Young well. Um, Trey Young had less points total than I want to say Jason Tatum had fourth quarter. No, no, than Jam Morant had fourth quarter points in his series. Uh, he there was a game where he 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 shot like two for twelve. I think it was game one or game two. He's being defended and switched on by Bam Adebayo, who's a center who I kept saying should have been, if not Defensive Player of the Year, second in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. And he didn't even get consideration. Uh, it, it was wild to me. But, yeah, NBA Twitter's the worst, um, and the Heat beat the Hawks. Yeah, well, I mean, so we'll touch on the first point there. Twitter is is, is brutal. I, people are so quick to just flip on the, the their own narrative that they create just like you're saying, just last year, Trey, so good. But now all of a sudden oh, they didn't beat anybody. Right. So yeah. it's like, I feel like uh, I'm a big wrestling fan and wrestling Twitter is the same way. Yeah. How one guy could be a hero literally a week ago. And then now like he's, he's nobody. So that, I feel like that's like Twitter in a nutshell. Um, and then on the note of the NBA, actually, I was looking at the, the brackets, not a single underdog is winning, is winning uh, around right now. So I think that's standard the, the, for the NBA. Yeah, that's it, right? So you're hoping to get some some kind of of upset, but I guess it's not March Madness here. But uh, no, no underdog team is uh, is leading right now. It's it's a seven game series where your star players play eighty five percent of the game or more. So it's, it's it really is an indicator of who the best teams are, right? Whereas the yeah. the March Madness yeah. is a single game elim- elimination tournament. Um, we we don't often see upsets, uh, although. If if Doc Rivers can blow a series, he might just blow a series. I have a stat yeah. about Doc Rivers later, which we'll get to. But yeah. um, I, I, so you mentioned something, and it, it got me thinking. Is it? It's one of two things. I think. Is it that a people create an opinion because everyone wants to be the first with an opinion, and therefore, regardless of new information, want to stay with that opinion, or is it that you know the the four percent of the population th- that's actively on Twitter. But yet, it seems to be such a, such a loud roar. But in reality, it's only uh, again four percent of the population that actively uses it. Um, is it that they prefer to come down on somebody than celebrate greatness? Because for me, it's the opposite. I love celebrating greatness. I love just watching good shit. You know, so that, um, I, find, I find it strange. I think I think you're onto something there with with both arguments because. There's people who will, yeah, just kind of throw stuff out there and and hope they're the, the first one to 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 get it out there on mm-hmm. Twitter or wherever they're posting. Whether it's like smart or not, I I wonder how many people actually think before they tweet. You know what I mean? It's just like I'm just gonna be the first to get it out. But at the same time, yeah, there I feel like there's a ton of people who have a problem celebrating greatness if it's not their own team. So like people will just be diehards to their own team and then basically like will will shit on anyone that isn't their own team and especially 
if it's the team that beat them to advance, like they're going to throw uh, an unnormal amount of hate towards that team for like at least a couple days. So I guess this, the strange part is because like I'm not, um, I'm kind of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rob Lowe. When he was at yep. the Super Bowl wearing an NFL hat, that's kind of oh, how dude. I am with the NBA. Like, I love basketball, but I'm not a fan of a team. There are organizations I appreciate. Like I appreciate how good, how well run the Raptors are. Uh, yes. I I appreciate the team Phoenix built because it's a it's a really impressive collection of talent. I love the Miami Heat. By the way, low key have gone to if they go to the the, the finals this year, it'd be seven and eleven years, and only four of them had LeBron on the team, right? So like, yeah, well, that's an impressive run. That's an impressive yeah. run. Um. And so, like, I, I do enjoy I, – I, I'm the opposite. I enjoy greatness. The, the LeBron-MJ debate for me is like, yeah, my life is awesome. I got to watch both. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? So like, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, it's the same thing with, with, with any NBA team. It's just that I get to experience all this, and, and I'm, I'm having a good time. I don't, I don't have any hate for this because it's fun to watch, you know? Um, yep. But I would have had fun watching Ben Simmons had he stepped on the court. Um, he ends up sitting out the entire season. I, I'm starting to think I was. <laughs> that's a great picture, Eagle. I don't know if you can see that, Matt, but it's <laughs> yeah, my yeah, favorite meme. It. My favorite of the Ben Simmons memes. Um, I've been a staunch supporter of Ben Simmons because of his play and that he's not a great shooter, but his defensive play and his, his playmaking is actually exceptional. Um, and I, I understand he was in a place where he worked in Philadelphia and not having a good time. That said, you forced your way out, and then you didn't play. And I have a feeling that it came down to he didn't want his only game of the season to be an L because of the because of the reputation he already has, mm -hmm. um, and kind of just wants to get a clean like a clean slate for next year. But now it's being called into question as to whether they'll even want him back next year. It's a complete mess. I've been talking to Terry about this for too long, so I'm glad I get to actually talk to someone else yeah. about it. How do you how do you feel about all this, Matt? It's Ben Simmons gives me, gives me like the vibe that he just cares way too much like what other people think of him. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he he must be going on the social media and reading what he like reading things about him. And like, like you said, he's a really good all around player. Is he a strong shooter? No, but like he does so many, so much like other things. Well, that like he can be Neither a, with Steve Nash, by the way, who's the well, coach of that team. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's it. It's just like, it's not like, I mean, he comes in with a lot of, of, uh, of pressure being, uh, being a top pick when he was but at the same time he can be a very like serviceable nba player probably even above average than that if he were to just like kind of accept that role but he's come into the league with so much hype that he like has to like be the leader i think in his mind where if he maybe like if he doesn't come back and somehow gets a fresh start with another franchise if he would accept being like the two or three of the team maybe he he can turn his career around well, but and that's the thing is he's on a team where he'd be the third best player, right? Uh, what the leader, the unquestioned leader of the team, is perhaps the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA, and mm -hmm. the current best player in the NBA in Kevin Durant, right? So like, yep. he has that all set up for him. To but it's all mental. It's a, it's a mental thing, I think. Yeah. It's a mental thing with him. Well, and, and it has been. He's been public about uh, sort of his his dealings with stress and 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 sure. uh, anxiety. And and so here's the thing: is is I also don't want to. I think it's dangerous just to say it's all the anxiety, it's all the stress, because yeah. there are examples like Duncan Robinson, for example, the Miami Heat. He wrote in the Players Tribune about uh, about 
um, and his anxiety and his uh, imposter syndrome. And yet here he is playing in the playoffs, and he he yeah. played in the NBA Finals uh, just two years ago. We we saw that with Kevin Love talking about uh, having panic attacks, and he has an NBA championship. So like, yeah. there are successful faces of mental illness. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it can be a reason. It should never be an excuse. It, it, no, it's kind for of sure. For sure, for sure, and I, I agree 100. I, I again, I just think it is. It's it's all like mental with him, and he just gotta like like realize that like just be a team player. Don't like you don't have to shoulder all the pressure. You're gonna especially when you're you're in the situation that he is right now. Like you have guys to turn to. Like you'll you'll be okay. Just like chip in where you chip in with your strengths and just stay away from your negatives. And I think it's a pretty it's a pretty safe game plan for basically any professional athlete. If you're yeah. a professional athlete, it shows you have the talent to get there. Yeah. Now just try to focus on focus on your your strengths and stay away from the negatives. Because I've seen, and if he is looking on social media for things, you will find things like someone has edited a clip of someone who misses a shot horribly from like high school basketball, with with Ben Simmons's head on this guy's shoulders, and the ball is a brick, and it like breaks the backboard. Like, and I'm sure like he'll look into this and be like, oh man. Well, on our show, we talked about. We talked about he was trying to throw a fish back into water and missed. <laughs> and so we, we had fun. With, uh, this oh, experience. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I've, had, seen that. I've seen that. Like, and, and like, look, I mean, it, it's small scale, obviously. But for example, when we interviewed former Expos executive David Sampson, yep. I thought I was doing something really nice for the Montreal community. They were not happy with me. I got dragged for an entire weekend by very old, grumpy <laughs> people. And about halfway through the weekend, I was like, you know, what? I don't give a shit anymore. Like, it really yeah. affected my Friday night. By Saturday morning, I was good. You know, there what you mean? Go. And I, I know, I know, it's a microcosm uh, compared to what he gets, but like, you kind of have to be that way. You know what I mean? If you're gonna have any sort of public life, it has to be that way. Um, one of the things about on Twitter, on on NBA Twitter, was of course how Cat uh, is not a leader. Uh, the 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 Timberwolves. Uh, not ready yet. Uh, as soon as Anthony Edwards went down, they they were done. But can we just celebrate John Morant is ridiculous? Oh, like like you go put up put up this dunk. I I my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe this one. He's ascending at all times. There's not a time where it looks like he's affected by gravity. Winner takes a three-two lead in this opening round series. Morant. Oh, insane. It's absolutely insane. What is it a charge? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm happy that you're also the fun police because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> well, like I saw, it's only in the replay because in the moment I was by myself. I yelled. My wife, who's asleep in the next room, was like, "Shut up!" And I'm like, oh, I'm so "Sorry." <laughs> and then, and then I rewatched. I was like, eh, "His feet are kind of set. He's kind of there." I'm happy they didn't call it because, again, I don't want it to be the fun police. Yeah, it's kind of a charge, right? Kind of a charge. He got his feet set. He's outside. He's outside the bubble. There. I mean. When, when I was playing basketball, that's the reason I got on teams is because I draw charges. Thankfully, no one ever dunked over me where I had to quit immediately. But uh, yeah, but <laughs> J- J- John Morant is a, just a, like a walking highlight reel, this guy. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, that, that would actually be hilarious as a clause in a contract of like, if anyone dunks over you, your contract is voided on this. So <laughs> you mean like like action movie stars? Yeah. Uh, the, the Rock, Vin Diesel, uh, basically any action movie star you can think of in their contract it stipulates how many fights they can lose. 
It's kind oh, of, it's, yeah? it's the secret reason why they keep adding people to Fast and Furious movies. It's okay. because somebody needs to lose fights. <laughs> and so they need wow. to, they continuously bring on new actors and then the, the new actors find out, hey, you had that new contract? And then they added to their contract. And that's why The Rock becomes a good guy. That's why uh, Jason Statham becomes a good guy. It's so that way they don't take L's anymore. Wow, it sounds, sounds like Hollywood's becoming the wrestling business on the NWO. Yeah, it is. It really is. There you go. There you sounds go. Sounds like all these big marches are all soft. Fights. This is fantastic. This is amazing. <laughs> Why would I? But then, you know, you, you still end up with The Rock not coming back to Fast 10, which, of course, broke my heart. Absolutely. Uh, but there are some teams in the NBA that got underestimated, one of which the Raptors, when they didn't have Scotty Barnes, mm-hmm. it was clear Pascal Siakam is a really good secondary scorer. The offense can't be Pascal stand at the top of the key and create. Yeah, it's not the nineties. That doesn't work anymore. No, and uh, that's true. And what a difference that's made. And the Raptors have a chance to make some crazy NBA history here. If yes. they if they if they if they win tonight, they're only the fourth team in NBA history to force a game seven after, after being down, down three zero. And then no team has ever come back from three zero in the NBA. I believe Correct. it's I believe it's the only sport, uh, the Big Four there in 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 North America, where no team has come back from three zero. It is, if I'm not mistaken, in in modern NBA history, an eight seed has also never beaten a one seed. Like underdogs typically don't win. Um, yeah. The Raptors at full, I was I was in the camp when Kawhi left. I was like, well, that was nice, but it's going to take a decade before the team's rebuilt. But I have to yeah. give credit to Masai Ujiri. I have to give credit to Nick Nurse, who, despite not defending the inbound in Game Two. Um, he's done a great job coaching this team. Everyone has an off day. That was especially game three of a playoff series. It was it was like a high school level mistake. Like I've been I've been yelled at in high school for not for not covering the inbound. It, so. it was a tough it was a tough time to have an off day. Yeah, yeah, it's the the single worst time. Uh, but now with with Embiid's injury, uh, uh, Doc Rivers has a chance to make history. He's already made history as being the only coach. To have lost series, to have lost series in three different teams, having been up three-one in the playoffs, he has yeah. failed to close out a series in seven of his last eight attempts. He has, he has lost thirty-one closeout opportunities in his career. That's already the most in NBA history. Okay, so this brings up a, a crazy question. We were just talking about celebrating greatness on Twitter. On where does this fall on the scale? Um, so it's. It, <laughs> It's tough because I loved Doc Rivers. as I'm old enough that I loved Doc Rivers as a basketball player. Uh, one of my first basketball cards that I owned was was a Doc Rivers card. And like when I would shoot alone in my driveway, he was like one of the 12 player cards I owned. So like Doc Rivers was defending me. You of know course. what I mean? Like in, in, in my driveway. Um, so it's it's kind of fun. I at the same time I I wouldn't I wouldn't be. Hating on Rivers if you won a championship. I wouldn't be hating on Rivers if you won the series. Um, I think there are better coaches. Phil Jackson, Eric Spolstra didn't go coach in 100 different cities. I want to say this is already his seventh stop as a head coach. Because he coached Uh, the Magic. He coached the Clippers. He coached um, Eagle. Yeah, why are we doing this? Eagle. We have a producer. (laughs) Eagle. (laughs) Find out all all the spots. Um. It would be fun. But this is this is like a really tough like you just listed off a lot of horrible things you want your names your name attached to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Magic, Celtics, Clippers, and 76ers. So four. 
I thought it was more. Right? That, I'm probably thinking of him as an assistant as well. But it, that's four stops. But, like, you know, again, we haven't seen often great coaches have four stops, right? And coaches with his level of pedigree uh, somewhat – his pedigree is also – so here's a, the funny thing about Doc Rivers is that the pedigree is a little unearned. This great dynasty in Boston right. won a single championship um, at a time where they were the super team in the NBA. Nobody else had three superstars. The sure. cap didn't really allow for it at the time, um, and they did. The, the, the fun in the story for me is that the Raptors would be showing their excellence and showing that a team where 11 guys are six foot nine and have a seven foot wingspan um, can, can win. It's the strangest. It's the strangest build I've ever seen of a team. Yep. But other than Van Fleet, everyone's the same size. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. And I feel like it would be like a big middle finger almost to the NBA because I feel like they hate when anything good happens to the Raptors. Like yeah. there was a people, I feel like there's a lot of people who weren't happy when, uh, oh, when Toronto won, won the championship. And like, I forget, I forget who it was. Maybe you'll know, but there were, I, for some reason, Charles Barkley is, is coming up to me. That was like, it's time to bring the title back to where it belongs. Something, something along those lines was said. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I don't remember if it was Chuck, but yeah, it's, uh, it was, yeah, it was someone one of, said that. It was one on one of the main broadcasts. I remember I got, I got defensive too. I was like, motherfucker, what are you, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Oh. But then, so like, how mad, how mad would they be? If the Raptors became the first team in NBA history to come back from a 3-0. Well, that would be awesome. And, and, and let's not forget, by the way, the Raptors are uh, one of the newest franchises in the history of the NBA. Uh, they're literally named for the movie Jurassic Park. Um, Which is hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's why Sam Jackson is a, is a Raptors fan. <laughs> he happened to be living in Toronto and he was in Jurassic Park. But uh, they have three of the top 75 players of all time were franchise players for... Uh, the Raptors and Tracy McGrady should have been on that list also. <laughs> so, it's true. It's so true. just to say, like that—that's that, an impressive uh, run for a team that wasn't even always run particularly well. But now they have, and you—you you need to celebrate that. In, in in my opinion, the other team, for of sure. course, that comes to mind. We forgot the Warriors were good, but they've been to five finals in eight years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. The reason that they haven't been to the finals is the health of Steph, Draymond, and Clay. They have them all. They have like the replacements already in line with Kaminga and Wiseman who don't yeah. even have to play in the playoffs because they're still developing. And Jordan Poole got good out of nowhere. He increased yeah. his like points per game total by like 18 points a game in a single season. Yeah. I mean, I mean Golden State are just kind of like, they're just like, what a wild franchise. And like, I think that the rise of Steph Curry might be one of my favorite NBA stories of all time. Just coming from like kind of out of nowhere to being arguably one of the best shooters of all time. I don't think and it's arguable. He's fair enough. Fair enough. If Clay, I, I, if Clay I, I, wasn't, if Clay wasn't also on that team, he would be by far the undisputed greatest shooter on the team. The only reason there's a doubt no, is no, that sorry, Clay sorry, takes I mean, of all time, not not just on his. Oh, team I'm of all saying time. of all time. Just, okay, we've never seen enough. what that is. There's, we've never seen what that is. And see, I watched I, I, Larry Bird in his prime. I'm telling you, we've never seen what this is. See, I'm I'm used to I'm used to tweeting. You have to say arguably so you don't get attacked by so many people. <laughs> oh no, I'm the guy who just says it and gets attacked. So whatever. <laughs> so so like, but then like for going from there, and then like I think my favorite thing is NBA 2K video game having to rewrite their code to give like a Steph Curry range, and I feel like that just mm -hmm. shows how good of a of a shooter you are. And to your bringing back to your point of celebrating greatness, I like I am by no means uh, a Golden State fan. But I will tune in if 
I real I'm just at a bar. I'm like, oh, look, Steph Curry's playing. I'm, yeah. I, he draws he draws my attention, and so I will exciting. always cheer for him. Unless I guess if, if you want to call it the Raptors are kind of my my home my homegrown team. That's who that's who I cheer for and who I follow throughout the season. It'll be debatable if they go up against each other, but actually that's not true. I'll still, I'll still cheer for the Raptors. But if the if Golden State are playing anybody else, like it's a good chance I'm going for Steph. So you, I'll get to you in a sec. Uh, before just because you mentioned the range thing, um, there was something Steph Curry said. It reminded me of something Wayne Gretzky said. So that, that's the error it, it, I, I keep him in. Wayne Gretzky once said he had to stop scoring goals because he was worried the NHL would go bankrupt because of how bad the goaltending was in his time. And Steph said at one point that he didn't want to show how far he can shoot from because he was worried that NBA defenses couldn't defend it and that it would be unwatchable and the players would lose money. Like that, that's a level of, that's a level of, of greatness that we're actually watching when we're watching him shoot. So yeah. I was uh, just thinking about it. Take Steve Kerr and Doc Rivers and swap them. Which team gets better? Which team gets worse? Well, Steve Kerr's an exceptional coach. Yeah. Like like in terms of X's and O's, in terms of player management, like de- dealing with that whole situation with Draymond and, and, and Kevin Durant was not easy. He managed personnel as well. He he was one of the first coaches to allow uh, music to be played during practices, which seems crazy to me that it took that long to <laughs> just let guys have fun at work and they'll have fun at work. Um, yep. And like he he's he's a good combination of both those things. He's not a hard ass, but at the same time, uh, he's able to command a room. Um, I'm I'm a huge I'm as big a Steve Kerr fan as there is basically. So the Warriors never win a championship under Rivers for those. Five <laughs> well, <years>. I mean, <laughs> we've seen the Clippers not win a championship with Doc Rivers. We've seen the Celtics only win one with Doc Rivers. We've seen the Magic over. Well, the Magic overachieved with him. To be fair, uh, the Magic did overachieve with him. Um, the NFL draft is today. It's in a few minutes, actually. In our next yeah. podcast, Eagle uh, Eagle will be lobbying the names, and we're going to generically be giving them attributes. So I'm, I'm looking forward. Am to I that. the only one who kind of doesn't care about this draft? I so I've I've got a position, Matt, um, and we've yeah. talked about it a little bit on this show with Terry. I, I'm curious what you think. I think the draft is stupid. I don't think there should be a draft in sports, especially the NFL and the NBA, where there are players who who are used immediately. Um, I think it's the only workplace in the world where you're the greatest at what you do, but don't get to choose where you work. I find it strange. I think it should be all free agency. I think if you believe in an open market, if you believe in capitalism and not communism, uh, it shouldn't be capitalism for the middle class and communism for the absolute uh, richest of us who need to be protected from spending their own money. Uh, you know what? I, I agree with you 100%. And, nice. And I, You're the first I, one ever, so that's awesome. But, but I think I think it's because I'm I'm a big European sports fan. So like, based on the soccer model, for example. Exactly. So the fact that like there's no there's no draft. There's there's like uh, youth academy starting. I think it's like as young as seven years old. Like I think Manchester United has a seven U seven team, and like it just it just like you have to develop your own stars, and it's like you can't just go. Like you, you can't just finish last and then expect a prize for it. And that's like the other, the other massive thing about like uh, the the Premier League and, and soccer all around, all around Europe. I hate the fact that in North American sports that you get a reward for being the worst. Yeah, agreed. And, in, and like in, in the Premier League, if you finish twenty and nineteen or eighteen, you, you get, get kicked out of the league. Exactly. Like, exactly. 
but it also makes the like the end of the season more exciting. Like like when like the Mon- Montreal Canadiens they won their first game in their last ten, and we're like great. Well, let's hope they 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 finish last, get the best chance for the lottery. If if we were playing in a relegation league, we'd be watching the game, biting our nails, hoping we get every single last point that matters to save our asses from being sent to the AHL. And I hate that. I hate that from Canadians fans because we're supposed to be the motherfucking Yankees, right? Exactly. We're supposed to be that level. We're supposed to be the Lakers, and we're celebrating. Finishing last? No, miss me with yep. that. And, so, and that's it. So, but if we go back to to your model here. We're the fucking Canadians. Why Why are we not signing every goddamn French player who's the best in the league? Lafreniere? No, Giraffe, you're coming right here. You, you, you don't even have to play in the queue. Come play for us like 16. Get get some reps in at the end of the season. Like, we would be, like, everybody, I feel, would want to come to Montreal, but we'd have to pay them handsomely, which, which is fine. Which is fine. But I we, don't we care if billionaires need to spend money to keep their business running. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> you so, exactly. I, actually, I actually have an idea on how to fix this or change the system up, which I think would be very interesting, okay? And this is inspired off of my brother's journey when he applied for residency for med school. Mm -hmm. And it's called the National Resident Matching Program. And I'm going to explain how this works, okay? Essentially, you finish your med degree, and then you have to apply for a specialty. So you apply to wherever you want to go to, whatever colleges you want. So think of this as like, you know, declaring for the draft type of approach. And then you interview or you apply and you interview at all the different places you want to go to and they interview you back and the whole thing. And at the end of it, you submit your ranked list of one to N of which uh, colleges, universities, programs you want to go to and vice versa. The institutes uh, submit their list based on everyone they've interviewed and their top whatever it is because usually there's like a limited number of programs that Mm. you offer and slots and everything. And then there's an algorithm that crunches both of those lists together and optimizes everyone's preference. So if you're a quarterback and you declare for the draft and you get interviewed by 10 teams, you get to choose of those 10 teams which one you want to go to, order 1 to 10 or just no. And they can choose to give you an offer. And they do the exact same thing with you and essentially it matches you as the best one. That could be a cool way of doing a fair draft where everyone gets the first round. But I would would even go further in that these guys are professionals. The team is a word. The teams are part of a like a, a workspace, yeah. make an offer, and that person can choose to accept your offer and not accept it. And like the whole the whole thing of like, well, but you know the best teams. Yeah, that's still the case. The Jets are gonna suck. It doesn't matter <laughs> how many first round picks they have; they're gonna be garbage. They're poorly run, and we we see that all the time when 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 these players get drafted and we think they're gonna be great and they turn out to be kind of mediocre and then they move somewhere else in a better situation and they perform better. And it's because you're working in a better company. That's all it is. Yep. And that's that's yep. true of anybody in any workspace. 100%. I I am I'm fully on board for this. I don't like the draft. I I, I don't I don't think that we'll ever not have it because there's just especially in the NHL now with the law any any league that has a lottery. Yeah. Because that's two different occasions where you're going to have advertising and TV show. Ooh, look at the draft. Let's make this a 2-hour long episode where I pick a ball from a, a thing and then uh and then we're going to have the actual draft live. I mean, having the draft live, I get it. Cool moment for the kid getting his chance to go up on stage. But it's cool for like, it's cool for like 15 kids, right? Like, yeah. like the, the vast majority are staying at home and just waiting. It's, it, but it's, it's just a chance for the league to cash it on money, yeah, right? Course, like, like, and the, and the fans, the fans by and large want the draft as well. And there is an exciting true. component to true. a meat auction. So I understand <laughs> that part of it. But 
if like, it was a meat auction, what would you bet on? Oh, um, is it a blind auction, by the way, or is it with little paddles? I'm assuming paddles. Okay, I'm assuming paddles because, like, if. It's just part of the experience, right? Like yeah. you want to, you want to be able to hold it up. Blind auctions to me, it's it's like it takes away all. Like again, how do you sell advertising to a blind auction? Uh, what, oh, and it, also just ads for braille. Is the meat pre-butchered, or do they just bring the animal on stage and like? Oh, I, if it's butchered, <laughs> it's awesome because you can choose your specific cuts of wagyu beef. Yeah, I'm yeah, down. What if you can choose the cow they're going to butcher mm, for you? Even better. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> if if that cow goes to the Jets, you know he's getting butchered. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, and his name is Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's but it's what it feels, and and and, and uh, you know what? Like to your point about the academies, again, if you're if this is your business, and you want to run this like a true business, pay people from the second you're interested. Don't count on a free minor league system, um, a system where despite the nil dollars, it's still free to the universities that make millions of dollars. On the pl- yeah. on behalf of the players, right? So like that's yeah. that's kind of kind of how I feel about the whole thing. I know I'm putting a damper on it. Whatever. I, I look, I'm gonna watch it anyway. I'm gonna watch it when it. The, the, I'm gonna read up on the picks when I get home, and I'll pretend like I know about any of these players because none of us do, including the the, the people guessing because we don't know enough about schemes. We don't know enough about uh about the the players off the field. We don't know enough about their situations. Um. Hopefully, Seth Galina, who's coming on the show next week from Pro Football Focus, can actually uh, give us some more insight. But even at that, it's still it's educated guessing, right? Like we don't know yeah. how humans react in in a, in a specific circumstance. No, that's true. And uh, yeah, so we just had all that chat and like, let's get excited about the draft now. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, super hyped. Can't wait. Yeah, literally can't wait. If it's gonna be a meat market, I'm bringing my paddle, Matt. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, I mean, but for 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 people who will be excited about this draft, and it's a big chunk of anybody who lives in New York, yeah. four four of the the top ten picks are going to the Jets and Giants. My dad's a huge Giants fan. He writes uh, he writes his uh, draft. He writes our mock uh, previews. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if you know this, Matt. Uh, he's pops from Pops' picks. Of course, uh, he. One of the most exciting parts of this for me was the ability that in my dad's retirement to have my dad as a colleague is just one of the coolest things in the world. There so you go. I love seeing him, the amount he agonizes over over his draft. I'm like, everyone's guessing it's okay. He's like, no, I need to be right. And he's super high, <laughs> uh, having How the happy Giants. was he when you drafted Daniel Jones? He likes Daniel Jones. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't see it. I'm sorry. He looks like a bad... He looks like a worse Ryan Tannehill. I'm sorry, Pops. <laughs> Yikes. Um, what, a, what, a, what a tough comparison to get. Well, because they're both really good athletes. They both have really strong, inaccurate arms. <laughs> and, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so so the entire state of New York, of course, will uh, be happy. And of course, half of the state of New York uh, that are the Jets fans will be completely disappointed. I'm a yeah. Dolphins fan, by the way. So every time I can take a shot at the Jets, I absolutely will. There, there absolutely you go. Will. And um, funnily enough, I was going to bring up Pop's Picks article there because he has made some pretty bold claims. Yeah. The, he has the Giants trading both the picks. It's what he wants. He always wants them to trade down because he <laughs> wants them to be the Patriots. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, I've, been checking, I've been checking a lot of mock drafts because I, I want to try to get my own educated guess here. And a lot of them only have uh, the first quarterback going in – at number 20 to the Steelers. Yeah. Which would be the first time I think in about eight years that a quarterback doesn't go in the top three. 
And yeah. I think it's Geno Smith, the last one to do it. But according to Pop's picks, we are getting three quarterbacks going five, six, seven, and two of them are trades from the Giants. It's possible. Like if if someone's convinced like a good trade, I hope that happens. If if if, um, if someone convinces themselves they need that person, yeah, then they're sure. going to trade up to get that person, right? Like it just yep. that's that's what it is. It's 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 a market. It's like the housing market. Is people set the they set their own value for it, right? So yeah. uh, it is possible. While I agree with most of the analysts that I don't particularly see something special, but you know what, I could be wrong. Um, okay. But essentially, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, I am curious. I am curious. Uh, for once, usually the Dolphins are at the top of the draft, so uh, this is this is my Super Bowl. But I feel for once I have a good team because we don't even have a, a draft pick in the first round. That's usually yep. only good teams that, that have that situation, right? So yep. pretty. Ha- I feel like I got a team. I, I got I to say, man, I'm pretty happy with I'm that. I'm just hoping we draft a wide receiver. That's not going to happen. That's never <laughs> happened. That'll not happen. It's a great draft for wide receivers, so you won't draft one. Clearly. <laughs> Packers have only drafted one offensive player in the past 10 drafts, and it was Jordan Love, Uh, and I want to kill myself. (laughs) I'm surprised they haven't turned him into a receiver yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's time we get to uh, Rapid Fire Eagles. All right. So for Rapid Fire, we got six of them for this week. First one we're going to start off with is Game Changers. The CFL has proposed several changes to focus on their rulebook um, to make the game a little bit more exciting, more fun, more fast-paced, um, hopefully watchable, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Adding a fourth know, down might be you, a good start. Do you know some of the, uh, um, the changes? Changing the location of the hashes, making them a little bit tighter, changing the location of the kickoffs, the no yard, which is essentially when like you surround the receiver on a kickoff, um, has been increased to a 15-yard penalty, so you get more room for returns. That's the majority of them, I think. Yeah. Um, I have been to. So I want to start by <laughs> let me let me let me couch what I'm going to say by saying I appreciate the athleticism of the CFL. I know CFL players. We've interviewed CFL players. The players are awesome. I've been to half of a Montreal Alouettes game. It is the worst experience I've ever experienced. It's not a good product. It's hard to watch. If you're a football fan. You, you need to be a CFL fan. Like, if you're an NFL fan, visually, the game is hard to watch. The forward motion is tough. The the, the field dimensions are strange. Uh, and, and again, it, it's not taking away the talent. I understand these are some of the best football players on earth. They are borderline NFL t- t- caliber. That said, it's just hard to watch that game. I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, may, I feel like maybe it's... It's like, it's because I appreciate the run game, and with the loss of down, you like it's really a non-factor in the CFL. When when Eagle was going, we're gonna change. I was hoping he was gonna say the uprights because that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, just like the uprights are in that you different mean not corner. Not collide in the middle of the field. Well, if if you're gonna yeah, exactly. put them in the middle of the field, make them more dangerous. Add razor blades, set them on fire. <laughs> like if you're just gonna put concussions on the field, why don't you have fun with it? Have lions chained to it. Have actual lions chained to the the, the stanchion. That could be that could be like the the trademark in BC. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, it's like baseball where every stadium has their own thing, right? So like, exactly. you know, like in BC they have actual lions. They have they have uh you know like warriors with swords for Toronto Argonauts guarding yeah. the the stanchion. That'd be fun to see a player impaled because they made a play too close to the stanchion. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. It takes away a whole part of the field you can't use. I, I, I do That's like it. that. I do like that. 
All right, next, uncipherable. The San Jose Sharks had an interesting bit of trash talk, uh, or type rather, aimed at the Las Vegas Knights. I have since uh, reading this learned that this was actually a promotional item by a fan who bought 10 or more tickets, and they said, hey, you can write a message on the Jumbotron. Genius. And so, obviously, you can't write profanities, but he wrote this. Fans unite, celebrate, keep the hockey energy kicking. Now imbibe generously, honor the Sharks, which, if you take the first letter of every word says fuck the knights wow it is, it is genius oh um, i like that because again if you know anything about how these teams are run there's a billion people doing a billion things this ends up on some assistant's desk who was barely looking at it they're literally looking to say is there a swear word Does, not even is there a swear word is there the f word yeah. <laughs> and then if not whatever just pass it down the chain go 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 and then, of course, it, it hits social media because a couple people notice, and it's like, this is genius. I love that dude. Yeah. That Whoever that dude is should get hired by the Sharks. Yeah, that was a, I, like, what a clever little prank. But at the same time, I heard something last night that just, it sounded stupid. I, I know the Golden Knights are, oh, what, they're four years old, five years old now? Ish, yeah. Ish. It's the first time in franchise history they're not making the playoffs. Like, it just sounded ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it, I think it's less that they didn't make it and more how they didn't make it, right? Like, they traded That's away, true. arguably, a franchise number one Hall yeah. of Fame uh, goaltender and then brought in a number one, is it, is it a center, Jack Eichel? I never remember. Uh, I so. And basically and did so. the whole Tampa salary cap avoidance, you know, uh, long-term injury bullshit. So their salary is like $100 million or whatever it is and still didn't make the fucking playoffs because Peter DeBoer is such an awful coach. So worst collapse. That's true. Worst collapse, the Lakers or the Golden Knights? I was gonna say Doc Rivers in the series, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, the Lakers kind of beat him to it, right? Because you know, um, perhaps like you were saying the last California week, California curse continues. It is the California there, there curse. There we go. There we go. It's it's because they're running out of water. Um, Eagle next. <laughs> All right. Uh, for this one over here, we're going to go with draft night. In order, in honor of the draft night, a Houston Texans offensive lineman has turned his then-failed extortion attempt into an NFT. So we're going to get to take a look at this here. If I can scroll. There we go. Hey. <laughs> Can you describe this for the viewers? So for the, for the I, I thought there was more audio for yeah. for the for the listening audience. This is Larry B. Tunsil smoking a bong out of a gas mask. It is my favorite draft story of all time. Um. <laughs> So I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's all there is to it. I remember that draft night and the story broke. And this is how far we've come on marijuana in like because he Larry Tunsil's still in the league. He just signed his non-rookie extension. So this is what going back four or five years. And like I don't think it would like he would even slide in the draft now. It's like whatever. He, to me, the story at the time was like college kid smokes pot. Okay. And then and then he fell to the, to the Miami Dolphins, who since turned him into like a billion picks and Jalen Waddle and Tariq Hill and uh, to a tongue of Iowa. So like you know what, best draft pick the Dolphins ever made. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's super heavy. I, I don't think we'll get anything like that, but that's what Jeff, Jeff is missing one bong gas mask per season. I think that's what we need. All right, next, the Micah Parsons Project. Uh, Dallas Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons was honored by a minor league hockey team and was brought in to drop the ceremonial puck, um, but I imagine he has never seen a hockey game in his life, so this is how it all went down on the ice. Harrisburg native, there he is, wearing a sweet Hershey Bears jersey that they hooked him up with, and he's going to drop the puck. An icon in this area, and he got away for the guys. He was ready to drop the puck. <laughs> well, someone's got to give him the uh, exactly the instructions there, what he's supposed to do. So, drops the puck, gets the photo op. He read the lineup in the locker room before the games. You're going to enjoy it upstairs at the suite level today. He's got the Bears number 11 jersey on. Thank you, Harrisburg native Micah Parsons, for dropping tonight's ceremonial puck and tonight's hometown hero salute. So he just like spiked it, basically. Yeah, hundred oh, yeah. percent. What an amazing video! It's it's so good. It made me so happy. It's that he didn't check to see the other players there. He just <laughs> slams it down. There's no ceremony to it, um, and like it's clear. Michael Parsons has never watched a single second of hockey. But right? you think like whoever he was talking to when he's like, "So what do I do? I just go out there and like drop the puck in the ice?" And they're like, "Yeah, I just drop the puck yeah, in the go ice. For it. Just I'm go like, for it." I will say, I, I I'm of the opinion you need to be a celebrity to get those Jim Red and White AJ ones because I've been trying for six years. I have too many shoes, but I'm missing that pair. It's driving me crazy. I, I I can't I don't believe regular people can get it. So it's only people who get the opportunity to screw up a ceremonial puck puck drop. That's the level of celebrity oh, you have to be. I I feel like no ceremonial puck drop will ever beat that now. No, just retire it. Retire the ceremony. It's, it's the funny. height of human existence. It's done. There's no chance anyone will ever be just coming out, wham, and yeah. that's it. I'll do you one better. I'm looking disappointed. Nobody's there. I'll do you one better, Matt. We can move to Mars now. We don't need Earth. That's the best thing that'll ever happen on Earth. We're good. Yeah. We're good now. All right. Next, ground Chuck. Kevin Durant took to Twitter to answer Charles Barkley's criticism that he was just a bus rider by tweeting this image out. So first off, actually, let's go to the original post in here, which is the video or rather the, the text. Uh, if you ain't driving the bus, don't walk around talking about how you a champ of which... He replied with, if I can get this on the screen. I believe you meant to say of which Charles Barkley has zero, by the way. So this lovely image. Is this like the best way to trash talk just by posting pictures of people? Well, it, what it is, is is at the end of his career, Charles Barkley trying to ring chase with Scottie Pippen and Hakeem Olajuwon on the Rockets. Um, that didn't work out. But uh, it's just, it's the weirdest thing. It's like Kevin Durant is a finals MVP. He was the best player on that Warriors team. And, like, again, he, his career's not done. He's probably going to have a couple of chances at it again. I wouldn't call Kevin Durant a bus rider when last year he, on one foot, dragged the, the Brooklyn Nets to, to, the, uh, to, the, to, to, to Game 7 and was a toenail away from winning that game that went to overtime with, where they eventually lost because the entire team was just dead. Yeah, I mean, I, th this like screams out like a call for attention. Katie is so good. And, and like even if, 
even if he was a bus rider, like like he says there, it's like. But so, but so then, does, does Robert Ori does Robert Ori not get championships for winning with him with Kobe? Does yeah, Derek Fisher exactly. not get exactly. championships for winning with Kobe? Like it? No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, it's, it's a ridiculous claim, and then just a funny answer back. Yeah, like, I liked I liked it. Look, KD would annoy me on Twitter back in the day, but he's gotten better at it. He's gotten more clever. True. And um, I love it. It's not in the it's not in the quote, but at one point on on the on the show, Matt, he turns to Shaq and he's like, "Am I right, Shaq?" And Shaq agrees, forgetting Dwayne Wade dragged his corpse to a championship in Miami. <laughs> that was Dwayne Wade winning that championship by himself because Shaq was so out of shape. Come on, yeah. if there was a bus rider, it was Shaq. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And our last one for this week: Blood and Donuts. It's been best confirmed. movie ever. Best movie ever made. <laughs> Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly reportedly have a blood ritual in which they drink each other's blood. Now, I've had a paper cut every now and then, and I've done the little sucky sucky. I would not drink a goblet of that. Yeah. Would you drink mine? Mm-hmm. No, yours is even worse. I don't I, know what's in your bloodstream. I thought I thought we loved each other, though. Uh, wait, yeah, a minute, but, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me not everybody does this? Yeah. I mean, I'd rather consume a lot of other of Pisa's fluids, but not his blood. You know what this is, Matt? You and I are, you and I are married. Eagle's not married. He doesn't understand yeah. the bond True. of marriage. So, True. Um, honestly, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, little, a little strange. A little strange. Um, but I'm no longer finding anything that Machine Gun Kelly or Megan Fox do strange. Although I'm, yeah. I'm, a, little, I'm a little disappointed that you wouldn't drink my blood, Eagle. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm heartbroken. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you for your first appearance on the show. You're going to be on more often as a lot of us go on vacation soon. Perfect. We have a million things happening in the next little couple of weeks, so uh, we'll definitely be hitting you up. Um, how do we awesome. How do we follow you? And not to your house or to your job, but in the general. The bushes is what I was going to say. That's it. If yeah, you're Elon Musk you, you sit, and you want to you censor next, you. You sit next to Kevin Durant on the bus, and then you hide in the bushes. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, Elon Musk is a great start. Mackenzie Rance on Twitter. Uh, I post uh, I post every Tuesday morning uh, for AEW Dynamite All Elite Wrestling, uh, and for every time CF Montreal play a game, I will most likely have a recap the next day out on both on Hot Sauce Sports. Awesome! Thank you, Matt, for everything you've done. Thank you for filling in for Terry uh, Eagle. Thanks for the production work today. For those who have uh, watched the show, who have liked, who have subscribed, who have listened, who have rated, reviewed, all that stuff, please continue to do so. That's how we keep the lights on. If you haven't done so yet, we would thank you to do it. So thank you for doing that. And thank you all for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. Sports.